breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One zero one seven FM, seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Representative Dodie Horton joining us. Good morning. Making sure you're there. Good morning. Oh, yes. Your your bill made it out of committee yesterday. It's been referred to. I know you hate this, but let me just say it because it's easier to say. Don't no, say gay don't bill. Don't even say it. Don't. It's not a don't say gay bill. Let's start there. I guess right. Thank you, Eric. It's not. What does the bill do? The bill just prohibits uh, sensitive subjects like sexual orientation or gender identity to be discussed in the classroom when reading, writing, and arithmetic or science is supposed to be uh, the focus. It is, uh, a, and these are subjects that would be prohibited apart from the state standard or curriculum. And what age group, what grade ranges are we talking about? We're talking about K through 12. We don't feel it's ever, okay, ever, excellent. Um, yeah, that it's ever uh, a good thing for, for uh, uh, school personnel, educator, whoever it may be that's employed by the school board to uh, initiate these types of conversations apart from, a, you know, the parent either being in the room or their permission. I believe parents have a right and responsibility to protect their children and raise their children consistent with their own beliefs including when and how their children are exposed to these types of topics. One report, LAIlluminator.com, I'm sure you've seen it or you've heard about it. The first line in the story says, it could soon be illegal to say gay in Louisiana public schools. Is that inaccurate? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's just how the left uh, likes to uh, present things, inaccurately and totally off the off the subject of the bill. I mean, this is about an educator going into a classroom, and as you've seen in, uh, around the country and across the river, uh, coming out, so to speak, to their classroom. I mean, we've seen the trend to where adults, uh, and they want to rob our children of their innocence by validating their own lifestyle choice. I don't care what lifestyle choice that, uh, that the adult in the room chooses. That's that's not the subject of this. This is protecting our children from a conversation that's, A, not part of the school uh, curriculum, and, B, not approved by the parents. That's it. It's really simple. Would teachers not be allowed to talk about their own sexual orientation? Absolutely, they would not be allowed to. I really don't know. The educators, I don't know. That's the far furthest thing from their mind that they'd want to talk about. They have such a limited amount of time in the classroom, and they focus on teaching the subject that they've been hired to teach. Would this also be in place, like, at extracurricular activities and other school events? What is also under this umbrella? It would. If it's a school-sponsored event, uh, it would uh, apply there as well. So um, we, you know, trying to protect our children at all, you know, in, in all school uh, sponsored uh, sports or, yes, extracurricular activities. I mean, Aaron, you know, parents are concerned that their children are being exposed to dangerous, innocent-destroying topics. And so we must 
ensure our parents, when they drop our children off at public school, that they're being taught, uh, it, you know, what they uh, have read in the curriculum. They're being taught the subjects that is acceptable to them and um, not being exposed to ideals or ideology that apart from their own beliefs and, and ideals. We're talking with Dodie Horton, state representative. Dodie, uh, we've all seen posts with these, quite frankly, graphic, pornographic materials that uh, young children are being exposed to. Is this going to help eliminate that from the classroom? Prohibit that from being presented? I would hope so. I mean, our school boards have a hard job, you know, and their job is to teach and to educate and also protect. And so... Um, a law would enable them to build a policy around with uh, and give them the cover that they would need to do so. You know, our children are our future. They deserve a learning environment that prepares them to succeed and thrive. And, and pornography or, or uh, different ideology coming into a school apart from being part of the curriculum um, and apart from the without the parental consent parents consent is something so foreign that I never ever thought we'd be here trying to pass the legislation to prevent that it's not the America that I grew up in for sure the committee meeting yesterday I haven't watched it but people that I know have say it got um, passionate heated at times one even former Shreveporter Melissa Flournoy came and testified said quote I'm so disheartened by the discussion and the bizarre fascination of some elected officials about sexual orientation of people they don't even know. Um, did you hear that a lot? Did you hear those kind of messages a lot? And, and how do you respond to them? Well, I responded, it has nothing to do with the contents of this bill. At, at, I, it has nothing to do with their choice, but it has everything to do for for. For any educator or school employee to sharing their choice of lifestyle with the, the children when that is a, totally apart from the subject they've been hired to teach. It's totally without the permission of the parents and basically without school permission of the school board. And so what what was brought in were so far removed from this legislation, it, it, it really... Uh, astounded me again it's no judgment on someone's lifestyle choice at all it's but rather a protection from our children who are there to be educated not indoctrinated by someone's uh personal ideology that is not what i my grandchildren go to school to learn i got an email i got an email from one of our listeners it says and i'm quoting so it's a violation for a traditional married teacher to mention their husband or wife that's sexual preference uh, would your bill go that far too? I I don't believe when they go to school that a teacher is going to. It, that's not the subject. It can. I'm not. I'm talking about a classroom discussion during classroom time. Just say you know, if you say like my friends. I go in. My friends have the picture of their husband, their family, or on their on their uh, desk. You know, kids see it or whatever. But they're not building a classroom discussion around that. This is about. This is about, Aaron, and you know Mm -hmm. that about educating our children according to the state standards. Oh, and I want—I'm with you, Dor. I want to talk to my kids about all that. That's my job as a as a mom. Um, Absolutely. Just just say you had you you were at the park. I was at a park with my grandchildren, and we were there, and I'm with them. But someone comes up and says, "Excuse me, I'd like to to I want to see 
talk to this 10-year-old about my lifestyle choice and explain to her why I chose to be one way, it was one, born one way and another. I'd have that person arrested. I mean, that, but this is happening with outside of the presence of the parent without parental consent and without the consent of the school board. Mm-hmm. And so in order to protect those children within the classroom and, uh, and the school-sponsored uh, uh, organizations, we must prohibit it from being so. Uh, it's just this is just the time, sign of the times and what it calls for, unfortunately. Got out of committee, seven to five vote. How are you feeling about the, a vote on it on the House floor? I feel, I feel very well. Our parents and, and grandparents and guardians, they have done an excellent job letting their voices be heard, letting their wishes be known. And uh, it'll be up to the people to see this all the way through. And um, this is what we're here to do, represent the, the vast majority of the parents and guardians in this state one more thing one more thing Dodie before before we let you go I know you got a lot of work to do down there um to those and and there are folks texting us this morning so I'm just going to give you another one from my phone this morning what if a kid Mm -hmm. does have questions about that what if they think they might be gay and they have questions of a teacher who they might believe is gay Uh, if they want to privately talk to that teacher that is still going to be allowed correct that teacher absolutely. should say, go talk to your parents. But wait, it is yes. going to still be allowed, right? Oh, absolutely. Outside of the classroom. I mean, they, our educators have been called on to be the mother, the father, the, the aunt, the uncle, the counselor. The, I mean, they're there, you know, and, and, and to to teach our children. And when a child comes to uh, the teacher, I, I have no doubt that that educator will compassionately direct the child to, to the professional that will be able to help them with parental uh, consent. But we, get, we, we also have to realize, though, Dodie, and I, and I know I'm taking you too long, there are some of these kids who may be gay, who, who have parents at home who absolutely don't agree they don't you cannot be gay i'm going to change you i'm you know you you and they may need a teacher they may need someone else in their life important to kind of help them that's the only thing i worry about but privately that discussion can be held correct oh absolutely there's nothing prevents that at all but you know again we're you, i my mother taught my i have a son-in-law that teaches my neighbors teach i discuss all this with with them they they feel that the the times call for this not only for their protection but from the protect for, to protect their own children for uh when they're out they're teaching in their classroom they have no idea what's going on inside of the, the others and so this is a protection inside the classroom a school sponsored uh activity mm-hmm. that you won't have uh, be able uh, uh, say a road uh board personnel will not have the uh, freedom to go and um, to to push their lifestyle choice and and ideologies onto our children. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Boy, that's got to cheer you up. Just that right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Friday. Uh, it Ruben is, is back. Mm-hmm, oh thank my God. gosh, Ruben. Everything's good with you, Ruben. Ruben. Yeah, yeah. I had to uh, had to take a little trip to the emergency room. The wife had a uh, 
had a uh, stomach issue and needed, okay. needed IV fluids. We didn't want to say it. I was like, yeah, if you want to say it, you can say oh, it. Oh, she but, doesn't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we told him you fell off the um, the American Tower and broke yeah, your leg. Yeah, That's what yeah. we told him. Yeah. Also, you that, were, you but, were but my, base, base jumping off yeah. the American Tower. Yeah, yeah. that, that and, and I was chilling at home with that, but then Lauren got sick and I had to take uh, her to the hospital. Okay. So, she's doing so, good. But she is fine now. She She's full of fluids and vitamins and back at it again. Okay. So, so your wife's an Ari also right yes yeah yeah so mm-hmm. how much you don't mind talking about her then no. how much does she make and uh, where does she work <laughs> and what's your social and not not enough for me to quit and yeah. uh, none black, of black card yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding i my god last night i normally get so wrapped up in the nfl draft and i watch it and i look Gosh. i look for the outfits and great minds i didn't Aaron. watch a moment of it last I was night shut God, that's God, I just got chill bumps. What's wrong with me? I was just about to ask you if you watched. I didn't even turn it on. Erin. I didn't either. Didn't I even s- turn it on. I saw I, something scrolling, but I was like, "How did I not decide to sit down and set my DVR and go watch at least the first ten picks or something?" I have. I can tell you nothing today except for the kid from Alabama went number one, right to Carolina. That's all I can tell you. I don't know how many LSU kids win. I don't know how many local kids or anybody from Northwest. I don't. I didn't pay attention. Yeah, I, I didn't either. Didn't turn it on. That's so terrible. I watched a little Andy Griffith by the time I got home. <laughs> I was so tired. And But I normally sit and, you know, get the popcorn. And I'm like, oh, let's see. I love the outfits. Just the outfits alone and the socks. I mean, these guys... <laughs> They dress See, up good, for this. Oh my gosh. It's a, and when you look back at the old pictures of Brett Favre in his T-shirt and his blue jean shorts when he got drafted, I'm like, ooh, things have changed a little bit. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, I yeah. remember that. There's a famous picture of Brett Favre on, taking the phone call, and he's laying out so like a model. Home. Yeah, oh, or, okay. or at a family gathering right, or whatever. Right, but he's, okay. you know that picture you put up of that LSU gymnast? Right. Laying, kind of laying sideways? That's how Brett Favre is laying in this picture. <laughs> And he's on the phone, smiling. <laughs> and he's wearing a white T-shirt and blue jean shorts. Boy, we've come a different, a long way since then. Dang. Yeah. Is it better, though? <laughs> uh, you know, you got a point. You got a point. He looks kind of hot, I'm just telling you, in the little pose. <laughs> we've been curious about the Guaranteed Income Program here in Shreveport. Mm-hmm. What's the latest? How did that turn out? Now that the program is over, we're going to find out later this morning. Candace Batiste from... Uh, Washington D.C. is going to join us uh-huh. and uh, let us know some figures on on that program. You bet, Mike and McCarty. One hundred one seven FM seven ten Keel. Also a free download the Keel News app. You can get that Google Play or the Apple App Store. That's where you connect with us on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. Uh, I did okay, so I, I did look up the Saints got Brian Breesy out of Clemson. Okay, defensive tackle. Relation to the famous Greasy family. Breesy. Oh, I thought you said greasy. Okay, greasy. Breezy. My bad. B r e s e e. Okay. Um, yeah. The problem with that I heard is he's been battling career uh, in shoulder and knee injuries most of his oh, college man. career. Man. Uh, Fletcher said when he is on, though, he's a beast. <sighs> Fifteen tackles for up. loss, nine sacks. Hmm. 
We could use 50, that. Yeah, 51 tackles, so. Mm-hmm. so Definitely could yeah. use that. Oh, uh, I think I the Cowboys didn't... also got a defensive lineman. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. Did we? T- did the Saints take a quarterback? There was a lot of talk that they might, but they did not take one. No, Could the, you see? The defensive tackle, I just told you. No, I mean, in anybody else. They, had, they took more than one person. It was only one round last night. It was only the first oh, round. Oh, I thought, but I thought they went further last night. I think they round two is tonight. Oh, okay. We I only think had it one was pick. just the one round. Really? Yeah. Okay. Again, I didn't watch it. I know, so. I didn't either. I didn't either. I think it's just the I one. I heard a lot of mumbling that they were looking at a quarterback, possibly, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Don't know, yeah. Oh, man. Well. So, uh, you know, again, um, I I do still follow the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I just, I'm dying. Even if I, if I moved to, you know, Idaho, I'd still be a Saints fan. Oh, me too. Definitely. And uh, still follow the Saints and still will turn them on. Uh, but as far as overall, I mean, I used to, I used to watch. I used to watch every, you know, yeah. played the fantasy football and was curious about what this running back did and what that defense was doing and who the number one. Why don't we care anymore? Because when you go woke and that's you try to shove this. Oh, it I, is for me for when me. I when I see the players and they have Brianna Taylor on the back of their helmets. And, my, or, and part of my problem is, and, and part of because I even, some of them, the broadcast have a feature where you can fast forward from play to play, like from great play to great play. Or you don't even watch the bulk of the game. You watch from it'll it'll put a hash mark on your recording, like this was a oh, fumble okay. at the. And I've been watching my games like that. Okay. So I'm not even watching a complete game anymore, and I don't know why. I, I don't understand why. It's like I want what I want now. I want to see the, only the good stuff in the game. I don't want to see all the regular mundane. Hand it off and get tackled. Hand it off and get tackled. I'm more excited about it's it's race weekend again oh, after a four week hiatus yeah. for the Easter break. Right. Um, I do need to get your cell phone number. I think I'm going to write it on my arm in Sharpie, okay. just in case, because uh, tomorrow's bunco night. <laughs> you know, you need to have that number written somewhere just in case. Be sure you have some cash handy this weekend, all right? I'm just telling you. Do one ready for that. <laughs> uh, 101.7 FM 7. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Just saw a post um Millie Vanilli. Remember Millie Vanilli? Of course, Those yeah. Were some beautiful men, by the way. That's, they were gorgeous. You see, you see why they packaged that deal. Dreadful voices, but <laughs> it said Millie Vanilli. Never yeah. canceled a concert due to losing their voice. Wow. <laughs> wow. A, I guess a jab at <laughs> Uh, Morgan Wallet. I watched. Uh, I've seen this before. A documentary called "The Wrecking Crew." Mm-hmm. Have, have you ever seen that? No. I think it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. D, are you familiar with "The Wrecking Crew"? Not at all. It's. Um, it was the studio musicians back in the '60s and '70s mm-hmm. that played on. Ruben will probably know virtually every hit. Record between the wrecking crew and the swampers, and, and it was, yes, it was everybody, yeah, they played for everybody down in uh, Muscle Shoals. Yep, those two. I mean, 
it's it was phenomenal. And okay. I, you remember the big skits? This Millie Vanilli wasn't it wasn't new because mm-hmm. you know the monkeys they didn't play their own stuff. Did it, they lip sync when they were yes. on, in concert? No, they did learn. Okay. And when they went out on concert, that was them playing. Okay. But they only put them out on concert because of the success of the the success of the TV show. Yeah. And Mickey Dolan's the bass player was the only one who knew how to do actually what he was doing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> really. Um, who was the the drummer? The the goofy guy was oh, he the drummer? Um, if you hadn't asked me, I could have. I know. Same here, and I can <laughs> see his face. But he said he goes, I never considered myself a musician. He goes, I was an actor. Were they the first boy band? Was that the first boy band? Well, you might say the Beatles was before that. Yeah, yeah. If you want to say that. But they were musicians and all. I mean, they... Well, yeah. They were talented. They wrote songs and they were talented. The monkeys were marketed because of how they looked, don't you think? Yeah, it was absolutely, absolutely. It was... So this the anyway I I I I digress I know you you wanted to oh we don't have time now we'll do it after seven o'clock we got to talk about what's on the ballot tomorrow yes because it's an important yes. election Thank that you. people are going to forget about they're going to go out and play they're going to go to you know taco wars they're going to go to bunko and do crazy things whatever you're you've got coming up you got to remember to go vote first that's really really important I'm trying to get the mayor to join us because I know he wants to pitch it because these are not new taxes they're what you call reauthorization because our former mayor forgot to put them on the ballot last year. Well, he didn't personally <laughs> forget, but the... Well... He didn't have people in place, apparently, that kept up with things. Yeah, because when, when these bonds expire, you should have already had them on the election. They well, should have they, already they, been... They let them expire. and right. so Absolutely. It, some are saying, well, they're new. No, they're not new. They're yeah. reauthorizations. They need to whatever. be approved. All six of them need to be approved. Yes, and they're very important. So we'll talk about that coming up after 7. Mikey McCarty. 101.7 FM. Seven. Look it up. Oh, 101.7 FM. 710. Shut up. <laughs> Ruben, I got admonished yesterday, by the way. Yeah. Admonished? Admonished. Mm-hmm. Telling Aaron to shut up. Yeah. If my boys heard <laughs> like you say the that. Reaction. That was the um that was spanking words in my family. If you said shut up to anybody in my family, you well, got a spanking. You know I'm not saying so, it seriously. Know, no, with, with you, I know it's different. Be quiet abruptly. Be quiet abruptly, yeah. Be quiet now. Be quiet. I got an interesting text last night. I'm not sure if he wants me to read it or not, but he didn't say off the record, so I'm assuming it's a good to go. So, text from John Settle. I have decided to sue Green. You'll get the first interview. I want to wait until next week to file and announce. Oh, oh, sorry. Too late now. <laughs> oh, he said don't um, say. <laughs> you didn't read the whole text? <laughs> She's turning My bad. red. My bad. Um, I'm not going to read the rest of it. <laughs> sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> can we edit that? We have like a button you can push it back like 85 seconds. Can you hit the dump button. Uh, it's too late. Too late. <laughs> it's too late. I actually wanted to leak it, to be honest with you, but he, we'll have him in next week to officially announce. Well, good. Because in the. Somebody's um, got to hold the man account. In the James Green um, diatribe this week from the, the horseshoe, where he's chairman of the council, he went off on John Settle. Didn't name him by name. 
So he may get out on a technicality because he can but, say, but, but I didn't name him. But he made it very him. clear. Oh. It, you know those posts, tell me you're a, you know, tell me you're a Saints fan without right. telling me you're a Saints fan. Sure. Well, that's what he did. Tell me you hate John Settle without so, telling me you hate John Settle. Right. And he he talked about John Settle being a disbarred attorney, which is not what happened. John turned in his uh, bar, lit law license. Um, he talked about him trying to become intimate with Councilwoman Tabitha Taylor. He talked, oh, I mean, he talked about his advertisers for his, his uh, magazine, SB Magazine. What, what's it called? SB, um, uh, I don't know, Forum. But, um, the, and the Inquisitors on the other side. Um, Focus SB. Focus SB. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Um, Settle's pretty upset. You know, his... his that's a good-looking cover there, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, that's nice. So his you. Settle is you on the cover, yeah. His kids are, um, you know, they're prominent in our community. One, his daughter's a judge. I mean... You know, he, he's not happy about what happened. Mm-hmm. You can't just point to something on the radio. We're on the radio, you idiot. <laughs> it's one from a year ago. Green's on the cover. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, there's no love lost between, you know, Green and Settle. but And Settle to call black men boys wrong. Yeah. Don't yeah. do it. To call anybody to refer to any black person as a tar baby to be to any anyway to to refer to anybody as a tar baby is horrible. In, in 2023, yes. that is shocking behavior. Okay, truly. Okay, he said I can read the whole text, so I'll finish oh, it real okay. quick. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, his attacks are also on my daughter, a judge, and a son. My son, a project manager. Green has now attacked two people. When will he stop? Green has attacked my paper, my readers, and my advertisers. In effect, three full-time and four part-time employees of my paper. He has attacked the media. Who's going to be next? I mean, who's, oh, who's going to be I next? Oh, you and I guarantee you. Oh, absolutely. And I'm, you know what? I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm absolutely fine with that. Bring, say my name, too. <laughs> say I'm trying to sleep with Ruben. Ooh, I need some money. I need some money, Mr. Green. Yeah. Say, I'm, Say trying- I'm trying to sleep with Ruben. Yeah. yeah. Come on. <laughs> Who isn't trying to sleep with me? Come on. Jeez. I'm irresistible. I heard something about the wife, but I, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> we got to stop. Ruben's going to kill us. I was about to say something about being in the hospital, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not. Michael McCarty, 1017 FM 710. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty and we are joined by Mayor Tom Arsenault who is uh, here in the last minute. I know you're busy, 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 but I know you want to talk to folks about the election tomorrow. Um, six bond propositions are on the ballot. They are reauthorizations. First, explain why you're having to get this to us now. These expired at the end of the year. What happened? Well, I don't know. <laughs> all I know, all I know, is they didn't get renewed uh, before they expired, and uh, thankfully, my now permanent CAO Tom Dark and um, my now permanent CFO uh, Sharika Fields Jones noticed it and realized that these were 
already in the budget. The the eleven million five hundred thousand dollars were in the budget, so we needed to get on the stick. Let's can you so go? Can you go by go through them one by one? The first one that we're going to see on the ballot tomorrow. What does it do, and and uh, what does it uh, pay for? Uh, the first one is for streets. It's for it's for basic street repair and maintenance. I, I would call it a pothole proposition, and uh, it's uh, that one's been on the books. and And they're in order in in the materials. They're in order of uh, their age. <laughs> okay. The uh, the streets proposition was first passed in 1941. Okay. And so it's been there quite a long time. When you say when you say no new taxes, it's really really true with these. <laughs> now, it how much does it generate? Uh, uh 1.7 million dollars. Okay, and if it doesn't pass, what do you have to do? I have to cut we have to cut $1.7 million from uh, from our current budget. And the same would go for all of them. And number two is what, is what amendment or bond proposal? Number two is for uh, parks and recreation facilities. Uh, that's, for, again, for the repair and maintenance of the parks and recreation facilities in the city. Okay. Number three? Number three, man, I'm looking for my list. Okay. <laughs> Mike stole my list and went to the copy machine, and he's not back yet. So that's, that's okay. What... <laughs> I have it. I have, I have it. It's, it's uh, it is for city wages and salaries. These are the base base pay. This has nothing to do with the thirteen percent, uh, the thirteen percent raise that city employees got. This this one's been, I think, this one's been on the books since 1965. Okay, and the third one, the, the fourth one on the ballot. Fourth one is police and fire uniforms and equipment. This one is very important. This is what helps equip our firefighters and our police to do their job. And uh, it's uh, it's one of the larger ones. Uh, and it's been on the books, I think, since 1965. Okay, and number five? And number five is pensions for city employees. And this, this is a... Helps us make contributions to the pensions for city employees. Things are that's important about this one is it, we have to pay these pensions whether this passes or not. So if we end up with okay. less money, mm-hmm. uh, less money for that, we got to take it to somewhere else to put it to those pensions. And the sixth one is the three platoon system for police, correct? Right. That's what gives us 24-7, 365-day-year police patrol protection. That's basically so, your three eight-hour shifts. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly right. That's, and that's, that's basically two, what that is. That's $2.3 million, correct? That's right. That's one of the larger ones, and uh, it, it is also the most recent one. It was only passed 53 years ago, 1970. Wow. Tom, we're talking with Mayor Tom Arsenault. Tom... Are, are you nervous about any or all of these passing? Uh, I'm nervous in the sense that I worry about what happens if they don't pass. I haven't I haven't really seen any organized uh, opposition to them. Uh, everybody that I speak with seems supportive. Uh, most people that have early voted told me they voted for it. Um, so uh, that doesn't mean a doggone thing to me. It means we need anybody who hadn't voted yet, please, to go vote tomorrow. And vote yes on all six propositions. It'll take you about thirty seconds. Now, this this election tomorrow, these are re- reauthorizations. Um, the council this week delayed your other plan for another twelve million for streets, litter abatement, uh, lighting, and demolition of properties. 
whether or not these pass, you're still moving forward with that package of measures before the council and, and going to aggressively oh, address our problems, right? It, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be more important if they uh, if they pass. If they don't pass, we may have to re- reevaluate uh, some of those issues simply because these are these are funds that are in the budget already eleven million five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, and if we are not authorized to, to collect that revenue, then we have to look for eleven million five hundred thousand dollars in cuts from this budget. So uh, I, I will be uh, fortunate to have the kind of people that I have on the staff to look at those things. But hopefully we will not be looking at that. And the people will realize that this is the same tax they paid in 2022, the mm-hmm. same tax they paid in 2021. And we're asking them, please, to be continue with their generous support of city government. Yep. And how much does this cost me? For my house, I know at the um, North Shreveport business, you you mentioned a hundred thousand dollar home. It's a minimal cost. Seventy four dollars. Okay. Seventy four dollars, uh, and then for two hundred thousand dollar home is twice that. One hundred forty eight dollars a year. And we've already and then, been paying it. Yeah. Yeah, we can't emphasize enough. A- these are not new taxes, and this is not some new proposal. These are these no. are taxes. It's basically a continuation. But they're being presented as new because the previous administration dropped the ball. Well, they're presented I know you won't new say that, they but... weren't renewed. Right, right. <laughs> they're presented as new because they weren't <laughs> renewed before they expired. But, uh, but yes, we're. Uh, this will authorize another five years of these. And I promise I have a ticker system that's going to tell me when to renew it. <laughs> you gotcha. Let me ask you something. Put your lawyer hat on for real, real quick, if you don't mind. Um, okay. S- since these expired in December... Um, to renew them at the end of April is going to be retroactive. I don't get three months or four months, you know, off, you know, because no. you're, you're pushing it back to making it retroactive to when they expired, right? Well, your property taxes are due at the end of the year. So technically you can pass property taxes for the year uh, very late in the game. We did not want to do that simply because it makes it extremely difficult oh. to... Uh, to get the tax rolls and everything, you know, putting property taxes out is not a simple matter. They have to prepare a tax roll, and the next election is in September, which is really, really late in the game to try and collect the money. So uh, we might be able to do it then, but we thought this was the best time to do it to give the tax assessor and the tax authorities the ability to get their notices out and do all of that, uh, do all of those things. So. Um, yeah, property taxes are always, they're an annual tax, and they're due at the end of the year. Okay, one more thing from me. Mike may have another question. You're going to watch tomorrow low, low, low voter turnout. How disappointing is that as the city's mayor? Well, we always think it would be better if more people participated uh, in, in in the process. And I'm, I'm never sure why people just don't. Uh, so we, we, you have early voting, you have mail-in ballot for an awful lot of people, um, and this really doesn't take very much time. I, I, I went to vote early, and I, literally, I don't think I spent 30 seconds at the ballot. Mm, uh, yeah. It took me longer because I'm, I'm on the regular mail ballot. I, I prefer to go in person, so, but I get a ballot. Okay. And the, the biggest thing they have to do, the longest delay is taking me off of that list so that I can vote in person. 
Ah, gotcha. Tom, I do have one well, it really more. Does not take very long, right? I do have one more quick question for you. Did you enjoy sure. the concert Tuesday night, Allison Krauss? <laughs> the concert was uh, the concert was great. We had uh, a good... I enjoyed them. They're they're my generation, so I I enjoyed it very much. It was an interesting, a uh, very interesting crowd. I don't know if you've seen uh, Leanne Morgan's routine on going to concerts with old people, uh, <laughs> but if you haven't, you should you should look it up. It was quite. Uh, you might you you. you the danger is you might see yourself in her uh, comedy. Well, I, I pointed to my brother-in-law. I said, look at that old guy down there with a Led Zeppelin T-shirt on. I said, that's so funny. I said, wait a minute. I went to school with that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's my age. Well, we, had a, we, we really had a good time. The municipal is such a special play. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, and such a special play. And, of course, Robert Plant made mention of it several times. It really is one of the gems of our city. And I think everybody... Really had a good time, not just because the concert was terrific, but because the municipal is such a terrific and historic place. Well, it was good to see you out, and uh, I'm sorry I didn't get a chance. I was up in the lower balcony. I saw you downstairs, but I didn't get a chance to say hi. But, yeah, we had a great time. Mayor, thank you so much for your time this morning. My pleasure. Thank you so much for calling. Have a great weekend. 1017 101.7 FM, 710 Kiel, TGIF, TG Rubin is back. God, I'm glad, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm glad your wife is doing mm. much, much better. Yes, yes, she is doing I, much better. I hate to complain that you're not here un, under such circumstances, but I do not like it when you're not here. <laughs> Just an FYI. It's good to feel appreciated. You are deeply appreciated. <laughs> But uh, we have, coming up after 8 o'clock, Cindy Batiste is going to join us. Batiste or Batista? Don't know. You're going to join us, Karen. I don't know. I'll have to go it. read the email. I, don't, I didn't know where you were going, so I don't have Guaranteed it income program. We've mm-hmm. had questions about now that that program has wrapped up. Uh, what, what, are the, what are the statistics? You know, do we know where the money went? And mm-hmm. uh, was anybody helped? Did anybody improve their situation? We'll find out uh, after the 8 o'clock news. I'm a little upset. And, and if you want to go comment, because we have a long list of people commenting on the Keel Facebook page um, with regard to the um, Mr. Joseph who was killed by police Sunday night. We now know the officers involved and they've been placed on leave. Um, we now know that Mr. Joseph had a lengthy criminal history, and we published that criminal history. Um, we KTBS is now reporting he was arrested as, as early as a month ago in Nacogdoches, Texas, with a pound of cocaine and uh, two pounds of meth in his car. Innocent until proven guilty. I, I agree with that. But I'm we are now getting pilloried for publishing his criminal record should we not publish his criminal record should we ignore the fact that this was a man who did not belong out he had gun convictions he had attempted robbery convictions he does the public not need to know that 
Um, I struggle with that because I'm with you. Nobody deserves to be killed by police. And I understand the argument. Don't try them in the court of public opinion. Absolutely, I do. I understand that argument. But also, we're not we're not making things up. We're no. bringing up facts. These are right. verifiable facts. And if you and, and and if you can please put yourself in the in the seat of a police officer for one moment, and you're pulling over someone that you have probably checked out before you go approach. And you realize they have a lengthy criminal history. You have to be cautious. And then when the suspect gets out and you realize, now he's on the ground. I get that. And the officers are on leave. And if they've done anything wrong, they will have to pay for it. He's on the ground because he's fighting the police. He is still fighting. And they apparently see a gun and they shoot him. Um should we ignore his criminal record? Is that what you're asking us to do? Ignore it? Don't say anything about it? Is he an angel all of a sudden? Because he's dead? And I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, it's horrible to talk horrible, to talk, say bad things about somebody who's dead. But I don't understand how you think we should just not, not say anything about it. And if you, if, you know, if you, please go comment because there's a lot of people that are like, why should you even publish this? Why should we even know about this? Uh, Does that make it right for them to kill him? Please, that's not what we're saying. And and they didn't kill him because he had a criminal record. No, that's not why they shot him. That's right. And they didn't get out of the car to shoot somebody. Police do not go around looking for people to shoot. No, absolutely not. And... I'm, I'm mystified by, oh, we shouldn't report that? We shouldn't report that he has a lengthy criminal record and perhaps should be one of those people that does not did not deserve to walk among us? I mean, we could easily, as I said the other day, Monday, we could easily have been talking about a dead police officer. Right. We just, I'm frustrated. I'm sorry. I, no, no. We, we're just up against a break I know, here. But, I know. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more coming oh. up. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty, and State Representative Raymond Cruz going to join us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline talking about uh, a bill making it illegal to hide transgendering students from their parents. We'll find out more about that coming up next. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. State Representative Raymond Cruz joins us. Uh, Raymond, first of all, let me say, you know, yesterday we spoke with Dodie Horton, kind of a similar issue, her uh, legislation to make it illegal for teachers to uh, discuss basically sex in their classrooms. Um, now you've got a you've got a proposition to. Uh, make it illegal to hide a student transgendering, hide that information from their parents. It's transitioning. Baffling. It's baffling to me that we even are having this discussion. I know. Yeah, you, you hit it right on the nail there. It, it's it, it's crazy. And if you saw the testimony, I think most Louisianans be absolutely shocked that these people claim to represent the majority of Louisianans. Let me read you this quote of of a man who testified before you guys. Uh, He told the committee that, quote, 
the blood of trans children will be on your hands for making it illegal for teachers to transition a child behind the backs of parents. Is that Isn't what that teacher, are teachers supposed to transition our children now? They teach and they transition them? Well, there's a segment of our society that seems to think so, and that's obviously what we are fighting against. We think parents are the ultimate authority when it comes to kids, and to have people try to do that behind your backs is just, it's abhorrent. Raymond, a child, now my thought is uh, transitioning, the definite of a, of a person much less a child, a person transitioning uh, gender is actual physical surgery to change the body. But but am I incorrect in that? Does transitioning uh, you know, just mean putting on a dress if you're a boy? That's the start, right. That's the start, yes. Uh, and you'll hear a great bill coming up this week by Gabe Furman. Uh, Representative Gabe Furman's got a bill that's going to prohibit the mutilation surgery for minors. So I hope y'all pay attention to this, but these these are just steps to infiltrate into our schools and influence the kids. And think, let's think about it. these are in very uh, young kids in some cases, but they're very impressionable. They take what they hear from others and social media, whatever. They're trying to fit in. They're going through changes in their emotions, their bodies, whatever. And in this vulnerable state is when people want to hide that from their parents. And I just think that's terrible. That's not good for society in, at all. Mm. It, I, I, I struggle with the fact that we we don't perform well on on reading on math, and and now now we're dealing with this with with our teachers. I'm, I don't even have words today for you. Well, I tell you, most people don't have words. Uh, someone texted me that uh, tweet yesterday that people have watched over 1.8 million times because they just cannot believe this is going on that we're even arguing about these things. This, this is common sense to most people. It's like, no, you keep that kind of stuff out of the classroom. If parents want to talk about it, that's one thing, but definitely don't be hiding it from parents and don't be trying to influence kids in these ways. Talking to State Representative Raymond Cruz. Raymond, uh, first of all, well, this, this is a, a battle. Of, this is basically good versus evil is what this it is. It certainly is. We're, we're certainly in a is. spiritual battle in this country. I I'm, will say it out front. This is the, the fact that a, an adult can argue that they want to discuss sex with a six-year-old child. Just that person would have been in jail 10 years ago. There wouldn't yeah, have even been any question. So anyway, let me, let me pull back. And, and if, this bill is just the most basic of things. It said, listen, let's call the kids by the name and gender, the name and sex, let me clear that up, on their birth certificate unless the parents authorize otherwise. And that was the, the crux of it. I wasn't trying to do any big, giant engineering. I was just trying to keep it basic. Let's just call them by the name on there and keep the teachers out of this confusion where a child comes in one day by one day and, and wants to change their day the next and the teacher's not supposed to tell anybody. That's just ridiculous. They need to be teaching reading, writing, arithmetic, all those things, they don't need to be basically played as pawns by this movement that wants to influence kids in these ways. Okay, let me ask you one thing, Raymond Cruz. Um, mm-hmm. If Johnny comes to class and wants to be called Janie, mm-hmm. um, can the teacher call that child Janie if the parents give the authority? If this bill passes, yes, but the teacher also has the ability to say, listen, this goes against my moral and religious convictions. I think it's an aberration of truth. I'm sorry. 
I'm not going to be able to do that. So it gives them the opportunity to skip out on this because, I mean, let's face it, you're telling people to deny the basic truth uh, when they believe, hey, this is a male, this is a female, you can't tell me any other. So I wanted to give them an out in this, but at the same time, I want to give teachers and people that agree, hey, I'm trying to make this as easy a first step as possible. What's the next step for your bill? Well, we got to go to the floor, and that'll probably be Tuesday or Wednesday. I haven't seen it scheduled yet, but uh, it'll be on the House floor. And I think if you watch any of that montage or video clips, you'll see we, we definitely need to pass legislation like this. Raymond, will you keep us posted? I sure will. I'll be happy to. Thank you, sir. Have a great hey, weekend. Thanks, Mike and Aaron. Mm-hmm. Thank uh, you. You too. Bye. 101 South. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel. It is Friday. Apparently they're having a party out in the hallway. It's Were we not Friday. invited? Did we they bring invited omelets? Invited to a party out in the hallway. Donuts? Um, <laughs> I, oh, I talked talk to my doctor's office yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she goes, When's the last time you were in? Uh oh. And I said, Well, I don't know. I said, It's it's I know it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Let me look, click, 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 click. You haven't been in since last June. Oh, my god! Time to go. Yeah. Mm. So uh, I, I don't know what brought that up. What in the world brought that up? I'm not sure. Wow. Squirrel? Mm-hmm. Golly. I, I want to correct something. If I said something that uh, has been sent to me, um, people s- claiming that I said um, that Mr. Taylor shouldn't walk among us. He's, a, he's obviously deceased. That's not how I said it. I don't believe. We'll go back and listen to the recording. And, and to clarify, mm-hmm. because we, we did report his past criminal history. And what we're talking about here is if you're just joining us, uh, the man who was killed by police Sunday evening, um, Mr. Taylor, he has had a lengthy criminal history. And we have new information now that was reported by KTBS that he was arrested in Nacogdoches, Texas last month, March 15th with one pound of cocaine and two pounds of meth. But for me to have, and, and I, if I said he shouldn't walk among us, and I said referring to a dead person, that's not the reference I meant. Should he have been walking among us is my question. As a free person. As a free person. Right. Should he have been in, in jail? Not as um, a living or dead person, right. but as an incarcerated person. Yes, if, if we have violent people like this, people that are criminals that have repeat offenses over and over again, should they be out? Should they still be a threat on the streets? And I, and again, I'm not, I'm not throwing this on the district attorney. Uh, people have said that we're, you know, we're going to blame the district attorney. No, I want the judges. I want to see those cases where they this guy went before the judges and they gave him a short sentence or they let him out or they you know didn't have a high enough bond for him. Everybody at the table needs to take some responsibility for making sure that criminals are not out among us to threaten us. Right. They have to know that everybody at the table is going to turn up the heat. And part of the problem, a huge part of the problem, is there's no fear of retribution by the law. No. There's, 
I mean, when you have people walking into CVS with gross, with garbage bags, filling garbage bags with items, and walking out of the store, there's that. That is a blatant disrespect and no fear of any prosecution from the law. Absolutely. Absolutely. Much less this these violent acts that are taking place that are getting plead down, pled down to mm-hmm. misdemeanors. Right. And then pled out. And if you think you heard me say that, you know, police will be justified because this guy was a criminal and he should have died, you're not listening. No. You're not listening. You're ignoring what I'm saying. My point is we have to stop letting these folks that are a danger to society out. Police tried to make a traffic stop. There was resistance. The man apparently, allegedly, according to reports, got out of his car with a gun. Who does that? I'm not doing it. That decision was made when when, when he... If it happened, that's his choice. That's right. Mm -hmm. Coming up just after the local news, uh, Candace Batiste is going to join us talking about Shreveport's Guaranteed Income Program. What were the results? We'll find out. Mike and McCarty. 101.7 FM. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. This is my first time having somebody in studio and on the phone. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, this is the first time. This is cool. uh, Rashida Dawson with United Way is joining us in studio. And uh Candace Batiste with the uh, guaranteed income program is joining us on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Ladies, good morning. Good morning. Our um, good morning. Our our program wrapped Kansas Candace. Uh, in Shreveport, we had a hundred plus participants, as I believe, that got six hundred and sixty dollars for a year. Um, what can you tell me with regard to the, the goal was to help change these folks' lives? Did it succeed? Great question, Aaron. So it was exactly one hundred and ten families who received the income, and this is supposed to be something that helps bolster these families. Um, income that's coming in. It is not meant to completely um, provide all of the income needed for their living expenses or survival. It is a supplemental program. And in terms of success, the stories that we have from the participants and the data we have from the dashboard says it itself. Says it um, itself. And so we've had participants tell us that they've definitely benefited from being able to have this um, safety net to be able to not just provide for their families, but to be able to pay down, pay bills, to be able to even be able to go back to school because they're not having to work multiple jobs, um, to be able to supplement their income. And so based on what our storytelling cohort, the participants who participated and were able to speak with the media have said i definitely would deem it a success the 110 individuals um average according to your research here nine thousand nine hundred ninety dollars per year uh they received six hundred sixty dollars how were these determined that was monthly yeah per month per Mm -hmm. month 
Um, how were these individuals selected? I know people applied. How did you make determinations on who uh, was, was able to participate in the program? Yes, so they did apply. And it was actually, people were actually chosen through a lottery system that was a third party system that had absolutely nothing to do with the city, anyone local. And so we had a research team that, of course, not affiliated with the city um, and used the MGI, Mayors for Guaranteed Income Program, um, research arm. And those were the folks. And that were choosing the actual participants. So randomized lottery system. Rashida Dawson, the, the tracking of the money, mm-hmm. um, how closely was it tracked in terms of what the money was spent on? So the way that we were able to track was through an app that's called Steady, and Steady was linked to their um, personal accounts. Mm -hmm. So with Steady, that's how we were able to track the spending, especially through the research partners. We, as, you know, United Way in the city could not see that. However, on Steady's side, that was how we were able to see what is actually on like the dashboard. Mm -hmm. So it did track as long as that account was connected to steady we were able to see exactly what they were spending the money on so the spending breakdown according to the report um you can break it down retail sales and services Mm -hmm. food and groceries housing and utilities etc um did they have the opportunity to take themselves off of that tracking app they had the right to take themselves off of the app however they would not receive the funds Ah, But trust me, every time someone accidentally disconnected their account or something of that nature, they called us back and we got them reconnected. So everything and everyone received exactly what they were supposed to receive. Nothing came back. Candace, let me ask you this, though. Of the funds these folks got in your spending breakdown, 54% went to retail sales and services. Um, For someone like me that doesn't know about the program, I look at that and go, what stuff did they buy? You know, did they buy things that were unnecessary? Um, Does that amount, does it raise red flags for you? And you've studied programs in other cities. Is that kind of common, how the breakdown went? It's extremely common. And so there would not be any red flags that are raised because if it's not something that can be, grouped into something like food and groceries. We're talking about things that may be hygiene items, um, the household cleaning supplies, anything that doesn't go into those specific groups that you see on the breakdown, they would just be generally grouped under the retail items. The small so, mm-hmm. the, the smallest percentage, were you disappointed in the fact that uh, 0.13% went towards educational expenses? Oh, for the, uh, that no. was like the first quarter. So that was the fourth quarter ones. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we weren't shocked about that in the beginning that for educational expenses, because most of the individuals, of course, they were hundred up to 120% of the federal poverty level and below. So they could qualify for other programming. So we really weren't that shocked when it came to that as well. Okay. The questions with regard to this... Can you, this is a hard, it's hard for me to ask you this. Could some of this money have been wasted? Would it define wasted? Um, We bought a video game with the, you know what I mean? 
that, that's you're you're hearing the criticism. We just gave people money. Did they go out and waste buy it and blow iPods the money and, new and buy shoes. things that really didn't help their family? Candace, you want me to take this one? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all knew this was coming. Sure, absolutely. Go ahead, Rosita. Okay, so uh, we get this question a lot is whether or not someone would actually buy like a video game. But remember, these participants were single parents with school-aged children. I'll give you an example. There was a single father that was able to finally be able to give his son a proper birthday party that he's never been able to. His mother, um, The mother of his child had also had um, was deceased. So this was the first time he was able to give him something of that value. And one of those things was actually a video game. Mm-hmm. So you have to see it from the lens of and yourself. And I've no problem with that. Yeah, Spending it on from your the, children. From your lenses. Sure. So in those, <clears throat> in those situations, we're really happy that he was able to do that. But it just depends on what your view of what wasted is. I got you. I got you. Um, Candace, let me ask you, how far out will you keep tracking these people to see if, you know, they did improve their job situation. They got a better job so they don't have to have two jobs and they don't have to keep working paycheck to paycheck. How, how long out will you keep tracking them? So we have the surveys that have gone out and are currently being compiled, we won't have that final report available until the top of next year, until January. And that's when we'll have all of the final data um, based on what the outcomes were, um, what improvements were made. So in January, we're really looking forward to being able to see all of that data because that is something that we would want to use to be able to talk to other administrations um, and being able to talk to other entities about the potential for continuing the program. Are you planning on continuing and doing this again? That is not a decision that is up to me. That is one of the reasons we want to make sure that that data is there, that those numbers are there so that people can see the direct benefit for folks that were involved in the program. Um, Ultimately, it really always just comes back to funding. And so if there are entities that are willing to continue to fund it after seeing the benefits to the families, then I think it would be something that would be great to do. But unfortunately, that's, that's not my decision to make. Let me ask you about that, because our program was kind of unique in that many cities, the funding came from the mayors for guaranteed income. Um, private money. This one, we actually got money from Caddo Parish. What kind of share was Caddo Parish involved in? It was public money and, and part of this program, correct? Yes. Correct. So $432,000, um, I'm giving that number off the top of my head. I believe that is correct, yes, that came from the parish. Um, so that's about Arbor. half of it, right? Correct. Is that unique with regard to the guaranteed income program in other communities? Is it unique to have uh, government money used? And so with the commission, with the parish, um, we've seen that in other places that it comes from a variety of sources. There could be any number or percentage that comes from private funding and some that will come from government funding. So it's not unique in that sense. The percentages really just depend on whether or not this is a priority, a budget priority for the individual entity. Can you guys stay with us? Because I want to ask you... if I heard the number right, 20,000 people applied or some crazy high number. Can we talk about that when we get back? Yes. Okay. In oh, absolutely. In studio with, um, um, I just completely, Rashida Dawson. Sorry about that. I lost my place. Candace Batista on the uh, Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. We'll be back.
1017 FM, 710 Keo, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Candice Batiste uh, from the Guaranteed Income Program. And in studio with us is Rashida Dawson from United Way. Um, Candice, uh, we had 110 participants in this program, but you guys had to filter through over 22,000 applicants. Amazing. That's that. That's an issue within itself, is it not? Absolutely. So when you have an estimated twenty five percent of Shreveport citizens who are living in poverty, um, I would definitely consider that to be a problem. But the numbers weren't shocking because we knew that percentage. I think what was so surprising was not just um, how many people applied, but that there were people still asking, you know, questions after the fact. And thankfully, the Financial Empowerment Center, and Rashida can speak to this more, you know, has resources that is available to the community at large. People want to be able to improve their their outcomes. And, and so that's one of the benefits that came from this is that people were able to learn more about the resources that are available, even if they weren't one of the 110 participants chosen. So it wasn't surprising in the sense that, you know, that we knew that there's 25% of the citizenry here was, um, you know, below the poverty guidelines, but definitely indicates that there's an issue. So how important is education in trying to pull 25% of our population out of the poverty level? I think every time you look at guidelines and you look at outcomes, education is one of those things that correlates with improved outcomes. And so we know that it's important. Um, One of the criteria, of course, as you know, was having a child that was in the um, the Caddo Parish school system. And so we wanted to see how this would impact families and impact these educational outcomes. Would it impact different things um, within these children's lives as well. And so we know that that we know that importance is there because we know that there are some positive benefits and correlations to parents, especially these single parent households being able to have that safety net there for their children. Rashida Dawson with the United Way. Let me ask you this question. Um, Our program, in my view, was targeted at the exact people we need to help. A single parent with a a school age child. Other programs did it differently. I'm not going to go there. But would you, you're laughing <laughs> quietly. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But if you had it to do over again and you, and you start a new program, would you, would you target this same group or, or could it have done, been done better? To be honest, I would target the same group, but I would definitely raise that poverty level because we have so many people, especially as we also talk about the work like Alice. Mm-hmm. So we want to be able to help those who are Alice, who are still, you know, working paycheck to paycheck and those who are just slightly above the poverty level. So because they cannot qualify for other 
you know, benefits inside of, you know, that they ha- could have access to because they make a little bit too much money. Sometimes just $1 can throw them off. So I would love to see that level go up a little bit so mm-hmm. we can really get to the nitty gritty of the people who we're trying to serve. Now, that's when you say that level go up, what do you mean? The, to- the federal poverty level. So we went up to 120% above the federal poverty level. So, of course, I would like to see that maybe double. Mm-hmm. But that's my personal opinion. Well, you, well, you that. guys, when you get your final report in January, I would love to talk to some of the success stories. Will y'all do that? Because I, people are very critical of this program. You know that. Y'all have heard it all around the country. But, I, but mm-hmm. if we have success stories that we need to show that off and say, you know what? It does work for some people. This woman or this man, they went to college. They got their beautician license. They got a plumbing li- whatever happened. Because it's, it's working for some of them. It's got to be, Correct. Yes, and Erin, I agree. You don't have to wait until January. We have storytelling participants who enthusiastically are and are ready to tell their story. Um, The only thing is, if you want to speak with them, you can just get in touch with myself or Rashida. And if they consent to being interviewed, um, they have before. They receive, you know, many of the same questions over and over again Mm -hmm. about how this has benefited them. And many of these stories are so moving, and it really does take it from us looking at this raw data and these numbers and that human element. These are your neighbors. These are your church members. These are people that you see every day, and they've been able to benefit from something that is really unique, especially here um, in the Deep South. Shreveport's supplemental income program was only one of two in the state. Gotcha. Thank you, ladies, for coming in, for being on the phone, Candace. I appreciate it so much. And let's set that up. Let's get some of them in. That's cool. Thanks. Thank, Thank you, you, guys. Mm-hmm. 1017 FM 710 Keo. My- One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. I'm 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 not eating until tomorrow. That's not true. <laughs> that is not true. Taco Wars tomorrow. It is on at uh, the historic Municipal Auditorium. Mm-hmm. Gregory Kellenberg in studio with this. Gregory, good morning. Good pre. Taco Wars Eve morning mm-hmm. to all what, of you. Taco Wars tomorrow. Is it going to be inside? Is that the so, plan? So, so here it is. Here's the, the big news is that Taco Wars is now indoors and outdoors. And um, again, what is beautiful is, is that the Prize Foundation doing what we do best, which is spend money, um, is, uh, <laughs> is we have uh, secured the inside of the municipal for your taco eating pleasure. And here's, here's the cool thing, Aaron and Mike, is that you... The Taco Wars patron will eat tacos where Elvis got to start. That's wow! Absolutely. I, I mean, honestly, I mean, I you if you think there's someone smiling in rock and roll heaven, it mm-hmm. is Elvis watching you eat the Taco Wars tacos. Well, How many taquerias are going to be there? Sixteen local taquerias will be there. So again, we're expanding from ten from last year to sixteen this year, and we'll have margaritas and beer. Remember, the the admission is free. 
Mm-hmm. Kids' activities are free, and we also have a salsa tasting that is free where people can come down and try the salsas of all 16 taquerias and also help vote for the best salsa for Taco Wars 2023. I think Jerry Seinfeld was on something when he said, people just like to say salsa. Absolutely. We should all say it together. You just had a salsa. massive crowd last year. Are you expecting massive. much the same this year? Well, you know, I mean, it, it, what's beautiful is, is I, I just ran into a crowd in the streets of, of people and and they of course gave us or gave me the the Viva La Taco Wars uh, impromptu. So I am hoping that spirit carries through, and I'd love to see everyone down there. I mean, again, it's it's a big celebration of the Latino Hispanic culture, which is is very strong and should have a very bright spotlight on it here in the uh, Arklatex. But the important thing to remember, we're we're expecting some weather. Tomorrow, yes. mm-hmm. but I will, that yes. will not deter Taco Wars ta- ta- because you have secured inside uh, the municipal auditorium. Right. So get your tacos outside. Get your margaritas outside. Or in, you get your margaritas outside. Get your tacos outside. And yeah, come inside. Be where Elvis was. Eat your tacos inside. We're taking care of you. We want you to come down and support these local taquerias. We want you to have a good time. We want you to eat tacos with, with us. We want you to drink some margaritas, and we want to dance together at Taco Wars. What time tomorrow? Uh, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. Nice. at the Municipal Indoor Outdoor, and it's going to be a blast. Gregory Kallenberg, thanks for coming in. You guys are absolutely amazing. Viva la Taco Wars. You bet. Viva la Taco. one one seven. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. State Representative Raymond Cruz joins us. Uh, Raymond, first of all, let me say, you know, yesterday we spoke with Dodie Horton, kind of a similar issue, her uh, legislation to make it illegal for teachers to uh, discuss basically sex in their classrooms. Um, now you've got a you've got a proposition to. Uh, make it illegal to hide a student transgendering, hide that information from their parents. It's transitioning. Baffling. It's baffling to me that we even are having this discussion. I know. Yeah, you, you hit it right on the nail there. It, it's it, it's crazy. And if you saw the testimony, I think most Louisianans be absolutely shocked that these people claim to represent the majority of Louisianans. Let me read you this quote of of a man who testified before you guys. Uh, He told the committee that, quote, the blood of trans children will be on your hands for making it illegal for teachers to transition a child behind the backs of parents. Is that what teachers are teachers supposed to transition our children now? They teach and they transition them. Well, there's a segment of our society that seems to think so. And that's obviously what we are fighting against. We think parents are the ultimate authority when it comes to kids. And to have people try to do that behind your backs is just, it's abhorrent. Raymond, a child, now my thought is uh, transitioning, the definition of a, of a person, much less a child, a person transitioning uh, gender is actual physical surgery to change the body. But, but am I incorrect in that? Does transitioning uh, you know, just mean putting on a dress if you're a boy? That's the start, right. That's the start, yes. Uh, and you'll hear a great bill coming up this week by Gabe Furman. Uh, Representative Gabe Furman's got a bill that's going to prohibit the mutilation surgery for minors. So I hope you all pay attention to this. But these, these are just steps to infiltrate into our schools and influence the kids. And think, let's think about it. These are 
in very uh, young kids in some cases, but they're very impressionable. They take what they hear from others and social media, whatever. They're trying to fit in. They're going through changes in their emotions, their bodies, whatever. And in this vulnerable state is when people want to hide that from their parents. And I just think that's terrible. That's not good for society in, at all. Mm. It, I, I, I struggle with the fact that we we don't perform well on on reading on math and and now now we're dealing with this with with, with our teachers I'm, i don't even have words today for you well i tell you most people don't have words uh someone texted me that uh tweet yesterday that people have watched over 1.8 million times because they just cannot believe this is going on that we're even arguing about these things this this is common sense to most people it's like no you keep that kind of stuff out of the classroom. If parents want to talk about it, that's one thing. But definitely don't be hiding it from parents and don't be trying to influence kids in these ways. Talking to State Representative Raymond Cruz. Raymond, uh, first of all, well, this, this is a, a battle. Of, this is basically good versus evil is what this it is. It certainly is. We're, we're certainly in a is. spiritual battle in this country. I I'm, will say it out front. This is the the fact that a, an adult can argue that they want to discuss sex with a six year old child. Just that person would have been in jail ten years ago. There wouldn't yeah, have even been any question. So anyway, let me let me pull back. And, and this this bill is just the most basic of things. It said, "Listen, let's call the kids by the name and gender, the name and sex. Let me clear that up on their birth certificate, unless the parents authorize otherwise." That was the, the crux of it. I wasn't trying to do any big, giant engineering. I was just trying to keep it basic. Let's just call them by the name on there and keep the teachers out of this confusion where a child comes in one day by one day and, and wants to change their day the next, and the teacher's not supposed to tell anybody. That's just ridiculous. They need to be teaching, reading, writing, arithmetic, all those things. They don't need to be basically played as pawns by this movement that wants to influence kids in these ways. Okay, let me ask you one thing, Raymond Cruz. Um, mm-hmm. If Johnny comes to class and wants to be called Janie, mm-hmm. um, can the teacher call that child Janie if the parents give the authority? If this bill passes, yes, but the teacher also has the ability to say, listen, this goes against my moral and religious convictions. I think it's an aberration of truth. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to do that. So it gives them the opportunity to skip out on this because I mean, let's face it, you're telling people to deny the basic truth uh, when they believe, hey, this is a male, this is a female, you can't tell me any other. So I wanted to give them an out in this, but at the same time, I want to give teachers and people that agree, hey, I'm trying to make this as easy a first step as possible. What's the next step for your bill? Well, we got to go to the floor, and that'll probably be Tuesday or Wednesday. I haven't seen it scheduled yet, but uh, it'll be on the House floor. And I think if you watch any of that montage or video clips, You'll see, we, we definitely need to pass those. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten. Keel, Mike, and McCarty. Uh, we're not doing our job today, I guess. 
according to some people. We're just not doing our job right. No. It's hot in this room. It's been a while since I've had to scream five out at you people. <laughs> God. Dumbass <laughs> questions, I think, is the quote. Yeah, someone says we're asking dumbass questions. I need to go back to school and learn how to ask good questions, I guess. I need to work on that. You've got a journalism degree. I'm just an idiot that they came in here and yeah. gave a microphone to. So I, I put that I, on I you. I would like to know how many other stations in this market brought two folks in to talk about the guaranteed income program. Raise your hands if you know another station that has done that anywhere in this market and given them almost 20 minutes of airtime to talk about the program. We're not, we're not in favor of everything in that program. A lot of people listening are not in favor of that program, but I want to hear about it. But we didn't ask the right questions. We need to get better people in here to ask the right questions. What, what should we ask? Don't get me started. And then they post stuff on Facebook being critical of it and block me from seeing it. Like chicken, can I say chicken duty? Chicken little. Chicken duty. That's yeah. sad. That's sad. Anyway, my, I got my panties in a bunch again. I need to calm down. Calm down. I well, some, I, I got upset earlier. So did Kellenberg bring some um, tequila oh today? No, he didn't I'm ready bring tequila. for it. I'm ready for some shots of tequila. He did bring some donuts in yeah. for us. <laughs> oh my god, donuts with bacon on them. Drip yeah. donuts from downtown. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Gregory, wow. Taco Wars is going to be a blast tomorrow. It's going to be a busy weekend. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. It's going to be busy. And I've Azerbaijan got... going on, by the way. Oh, yeah, the Formula After One. After a four-week absence, wow. Easter break is over. It's racing weekend mm-hmm. once again. Lights out, and they're off. <laughs> and I'm going to need to write Can't your... Um, to I need coffee. a Sharpie, and I need to write your phone number on my forearm. Do you mind? <laughs> You've got it in your phone. Well, I'm not going to have my phone when I get arrested. Oh, <laughs> call this I mean, number. They take yeah. I'm, so I need somebody's phone number because it's bunco tomorrow night. Oh gosh! And you know things that I, could I, happen there. You know, what, part of me wants to go. What goes on during those? And then the other part of me, a, a larger part, goes. No, I don't want to know. You don't want to know because it's always women. Yeah, it's always out of control. I was telling Gregory Kallenberg a minute ago. Is it a card game? Is it dice? It, well, is we, it male well, strippers? It's dice. What is it, it? All of the above. Um, I go to Bunko one day, and it, real quick, I'll tell you. I go to one a Bunko Christmas time one time, and oh, the, the my friend's house was idea. out in Chasewood, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be fun, and I'm carrying a bunch of stuff in, you know, gifts and the. I had a big cookie cake, and I um, there was cars at you know at this house, one of these houses, and I pull up and I park. And I was running just a smidgy smidge late. These are big, nice houses, too. Yeah, these are beautiful homes, yeah. And I opened the door, because we don't knock at each other's homes. I opened the door, and I said, hey, what's up, bitches? (laughs) And I looked to my left, and there's a table. A dining room table. A dining room table with people seated having a formal dinner. These are men in suits and ties and ladies in dresses. And I'm in PJs, mind you, (laughs) Christmas PJs, okay? And I look, and I'm like, oh, I'm in the wrong house, I think. <laughs> and it was Mr. Spigner, who was famously in the real estate business here. He walks over to me, and he laughs. He goes, well, I'll take all that stuff you've got. <laughs> and I'm just glad. My friends will I'm just really glad I didn't have on. He's in the wrong house. <laughs> I'm in the wrong house. My friend's house is across the street, <laughs> right across the street. And there's cars everywhere for both parties. I have slippers that are very, very... Not appropriate. I'm really glad I didn't wear those slippers that night. Because that would have been very... Yeah, I'm not going to tell you anything more. No, I'm not telling you anything more. You can imagine. (laughs) And sometimes I wear them to bunko. Sometimes I don't. 
thank God I didn't wear them that night. That's that, Okay, that makes me think of, because I, I think I know where you might have gotten them when you went in to get a bathing suit for your son's girlfriend. Oh, yeah, that was a bad idea. <laughs> bad idea. And the lady laughed at you. Because my son was a teenager, and I was getting a gift for his girlfriend at the time, and I thought a bathing suit would be nice. And the lady comes over, and she said, well, who are you looking for? Because it obviously ain't for me, right? And um, I said, well, for my son's girlfriend. Well, how old? Oh, she's 16. Ma'am, these are all, they're see-through when they get wet. When they get wet, you see through them. <laughs> these were for people who, who do that for a living, I guess. Can you is the best. I would have bought oh, that for Oh, man. Man. Yeah. I'm feeling better now. Oh, I had to take a deep breath. I was pibbing. It's Friday. Yeah. Have a great weekend. Bailey's in our coffee. 101.7 FM.